0: Um, Andrew and Madison guys do you want to stand up right where you are I want to pray um, these guys are just taking up the youth leadership role in, at North Campus which is very cool it's very cool J- Jay do you want to go and lay your hands on them for a moment we're going to pray for you as Jay's coming we're, we're going to pray You know that you see some amazing things take place there which I believe you will but can I prophesy over you before we pray? I believe this is just an initial step that God's starting to shape the ground for you guys, and um, I absolutely believe there's a ministry call on your lives. And I kind of there's a little part of me that's, as I say, that's going. I hope that freaks you out because I think God wants to do something quite special with you, and in you and through you. And and so, so by faith, take hold of that and just just keep saying yes to him. Let him do what he's going to do, and uh, he'll, you know, it says. We say yes, he'll lead our paths. You don't have to worry about that. He'll take care of it. But really embrace what he's got. There there is something special on your life. So that's great. Yeah, do you guys want to lay hands on them? And you pray, I'll pray, we'll all pray. How about all putting your hands toward them? And... It's cool. Father, we thank you for this wonderful couple. Thank you for people that are prepared to say yes to you and take on responsibility for the kingdom. So Father, we bless them. In Jesus' name, I ask that you would anoint them, that you would uh, pour out your spirit on them and they would have everything by faith they need to walk the journey you've called to them to walk at this time. Father, that you will fill any void by your spirit naturally they will flourish in those areas as they rely on you. Father, we declare that this will be a fruitful time that they will impact the lives of young people and it won't only impact this generation, but generations to come. In Jesus' name. Father, let your hand rest on them. And even as they prepare for their wedding and all that kind of stuff, which is awesome. Bless them, God. Bless them mightily. In Jesus' name. We give you thanks for them. Amen. Amen. It's cool. That's great. It's wonderful. Fantastic. Actually, before we go any further, tonight we're going to sing the national anthem as well. Uh, Today is Anzac Day. And we honour the men and women that went and fought, the families that released people, so that we can live in the freedom and the environment that we live in today. So easy for us to take that for granted. But a lot of people paid a really hefty price. They paid with their lives. No greater sacrifice can be given. Can I ask you to stand, please? And I think it would be fitting, before we sing the National Anthem, to simply have a moment of silence. And I encourage you to give thanks to God for wonderful people. And thank those that have gone before us. Tonight, Lord, we honour those who have gone before us. We honour their families. We say thank you so much. I thank you, Lord, that we get to live in this wonderful nation, this free land. But so many paid such a high price. Father, I ask that you'd bless their families. That there would be a blessing through the line of their families. That would be direct from the throne room of heaven. Father, that you would call the descendants of those families to yourself, that they would know you and they would walk closely with you, that they would be recipients of the ultimate blessing, knowing you. So we thank you, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name.
1: Aioa Atua Onaivima to.
0: I can see don't we have the best national anthem in the world It's a prayer isn't it wonderful it's fantastic well we're in our new series back to the future and what we're unpacking over time is the prophetic statement that God gave to me late last year which is let me pull you back into the reality and truth of Pentecost in order to prepare and launch you into the future When we talk about going back into Pentecost, it's not like going back into time. It's going back into the big rocks and the values that the early church understood and that the early church was birthed out of. And I think it's very easy for us to lose some of those things. Uh, What we've tried to do here at Activate is we've tried to... uh, Take some of those big rocks that we thought and we believe the early church understood and package them in our values. We've tried to put words around them like purpose, courageous, big-hearted, belonging. I heard that courageous this morning here at Rukura was really good. And, um, and kingdom-focused. And tonight I'm going to talk about kingdom-focused. And I think this is a, an essential rock in our faith, but we don't always get it in today's world. The, the concept of kingdom sometimes is a, a little bit beyond us. Now, I need six volunteers before I go any further. So I need, um, I want a couple of youth leaders, and I want Simon, <laughs> and I want Reese voluntold. Did I, did I hear that Monique's back in town? Is she here? She's not here. She is here. She's not here. She was here this morning. Oh, great. Okay, well, I won't choose her. She's not here. Brad! Come on, mate. You'll be great. I've got all, I've got all guys. I need some girls. Keita and Naomi. Keta and Naomi. Okay, that's great. Congratulations. Thank you for volunteering. It's awesome. This could go really badly. But before we start, one, two, three, four, five... I need one more gems, thank you. (laughs) I would have found you somewhere. Okay, here's the deal. You guys are going to tell a story. And you're going to tell a story about a kingdom. Each of you is only allowed to say one word at a time. So it goes down the line. Now, before we go any further, this is PG. In every sense, okay? I'm looking at you. The only one I'm really worried about is Bradley. Yeah, Keita, watch those quiet ones. The, uh, so, so do you get what I'm saying? You're going to say one word each after each other, and you're going to tell us the story about a kingdom. Naomi's going to start us. You say one word and pass the mic on. Oh, sorry, you can take the mic and pass it on.
1: Jesus was the King of the World and He died on a cross. <laughs> Hallelujah, because oh, He saved us. Amen. Etc. <laughs> Ditto <laughs> Touche. <laughs> he then
0: came back
1: to <laughs> rainbows. To change the world <laughs> forever and freed us from, from sin, amen, and <laughs> he saw. That... Cheers. (laughs) Thank you. Things... Like... Sheridan. Needed... (laughs) Something. To...
0: do there. here in the end. That was really quite um, sensible. I didn't expect it to take that direction, but I'm truly grateful that you did. Thank you. So we're looking at the kingdom of God. In the book of Colossians, it says this, for he, re- he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. That is a massive statement. It's the story of a kingdom. Actually, it's the story of two kingdoms. You see, when you and I were born, by default, we were born into this kingdom that Paul calls the kingdom of darkness. It was a kingdom that had been broken, it was a kingdom that started off pretty good. But it got broken because people rebelled. And it got broken and the relationship with God was severed. So suddenly people didn't have that close relationship with Jesus that they once had. This is the kingdom that you and I are born into by default. You understand? You are okay with that? Teaching some of you something new right now? Nod, talk back to me. Help me. Help me, Jesus. Great. You get it. The, the world's broken. If you didn't know, the world's broken. It's broken. It's really broken. That's why bad stuff happens to good people, because the world is broken. But what the Bible tells us is that when you gave your life to Jesus, He took you from this kingdom and He changed your citizenship to His kingdom. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, that interchange the terms. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of His dear Son. So when you gave your life to Jesus... You didn't just go, God, I want to follow you now. I want to accept your gift of salvation and walk with you. You said that. You said, Jesus, I thank you for the ultimate gift. And he said, fantastic, Sheridan. I'm just going to change a few things. You are now no longer part of that kingdom. You are now part of my kingdom. Not only that, but you are a completely new creature in Christ's creation. Completely new creation. You've got a completely new start. There's a blank page behind you spiritually. Which is pretty cool. But we forget that. And sometimes we kind of hobble through life thinking we're still in this kingdom. But we're not. You're not. You gave your heart to life. You're in this kingdom. And friends, this kingdom isn't an inferior kingdom. This is the ultimate kingdom. This kingdom is the, the the king of all kings is in this kingdom. The lord of all lords is in this kingdom. This kingdom is the winning kingdom. This kingdom is awesome. So why on earth would we even want to stay in this kingdom? This one's broke. So often we hold on to this one. But this is the one that you want to live in. This is awesome. This is fantastic. This one is eternity with God. That in itself is amazing. So the kingdom of God is something very, very important because what people often think is, okay, I gave my heart to God and that's it. But no, no, when you gave your heart to God, everything in your world changed, even your world. Your citizenship changed. How many people here have um, got dual citizenship or have, you know, you came from another country, and now that you're so you, you guys get this. A few of you get this. Your citizenship changed. Most of the people who had their hands in the air then are South Africans, and they were no, no, I'm not mocking you, not yet. And <laughs> no, I'm not going to, but but you were of, but now you're you're Kiwis, your citizenship changed. You're in, and that's essentially what God does for us. He goes, No, no, you're not that anymore. Now come and live in my kingdom. Be part of my kingdom. Thrive in my kingdom. I've got stuff for you to do in my kingdom. Paul wrote this in Philippians. He wrote, no dear brothers and sisters, I've not um, achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I, I look at that and I go, how did Paul write that? He wrote it because he understood kingdom. He understood that, that road, on the road to Damascus, when Jesus encountered him, that day everything changed. Everything. He was, he was on this side, then he was on this side. Are you living like you've been planted in this kingdom? Are you thinking like you've been planted in this kingdom. When you look ahead, are you thinking like a winner? I had the, uh, the great privilege of going to the rugby on Friday night with Steve. And Marama, it was awesome. And right at the very end when the Chiefs were losing and there was a penalty granted and Damian McKenzie st- stepped up to take the kick Steve leant over to me, and he said he won't be stressing at the moment. Their whole training is that he'll be thinking, I live for this moment. So the way he approaches that kick is different, isn't it? If it's like, oh, man, the pressure's on, or I live for this moment. Well, friends, you and I live to be in this kingdom. It's a kingdom we're made for. It's a kingdom we're designed for, and we've been transferred To this kingdom, which is absolutely amazing. The problem is when we think kingdom, we think frozen. We do. We think princes and princesses and chariots and horses and castles and Rapunzel's long hair, Cinderella, waiting for the handsome prince. But that's not kingdom, that's fairy tale. Hey, it's fairy tale. The kingdom of God is quite different. Here, see, you and I have, we've been trained to think in democracy. In democracy, we get to choose the leader. We get to choose. We get to vote. We get to have our opinion. We get to have our say. We get to debate things. We get to have committees. We get to have our say. But the kingdom is completely different to democracy. The kingdom, you don't get to choose the king. He's the king. You don't get to have an opinion about the law. The law flows out of what the king says, which is really important because if you've got an evil king, you've got an evil kingdom. If you've got a benevolent king, you've got a benevolent kingdom. But if you've got the perfect king, his name is Jesus. You've got a perfect kingdom. And this is part of the kingdom that we have been transferred into. Revelation 19 says, On his robe at his thigh was written the title, King of kings and Lord of lords. Revelation 17 puts it the other way. It says he was the Lord of lords and the King of kings. That means that Jesus' kingdom, the kingdom of God, is the kingdom of all kingdoms. We forget this. We're going through life feeling a bit beaten up, a bit sorry for ourselves some days. We forget that we're citizens of the kingdom of all kingdoms. That means the odds are in your favor. That's what it means. The kingdom of all kingdoms, because Jesus is the King of all kings. Jen and I were last week. We were um, one night. We were out staring at the stars, and and we were talking. And I said to Jen, "I'm feeling a little bit in. I can't remember the word I used. Insecure, insignificant was the word I used. I'm feeling a little bit insignificant right now. We're looking at the stars, and they're huge and they're massive." And I'm not. I'm small. And I'm on this little planet in the middle of nowhere. And you know, Jan, without any hesitation, just went, I don't. Because I'm the king, the daughter of the king. My dad did that. I thought, wow, that is a kingdom perspective. You know, my, my dad flung all those stars up there. And actually, he did it just so that I could look at them and go, Wow. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the kingdom that we are part of is not an inferior. I think this is prophetic for someone tonight. The kingdom we are part of is not an inferior kingdom. It's not. It's not an inferior kingdom. So it makes what Jesus said in Matthew 6.33 really important. He said, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously... And he will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God above everything else and live righteously. So many people go seek the kingdom and you'll get everything you need. No, no. Seek the kingdom of God above everything else and live righteously. And he will give you, get you everything else you need. My observation is that human nature spends most of its time seeking everything we think we need instead of seeking what God's asked us to seek, His kingdom. And by default, when we seek His kingdom, we're seeking the King, Jesus. I find this really challenging. Because, you know, we live in a world that more and more we're seeing worry, anxiety, hopelessness, creep into people's lives. And I'm looking at that and I'm going all these things are symptoms of seeking something we shouldn't be seeking. Where Jesus makes it quite clear that if we seek the kingdom and live righteously, which means living a good life, no it doesn't actually, it means living a life in alignment with his purposes. If we live that life and we seek him, he will add all these other things. Now, to me, that's a no-brainer. He's going to, he's going to add uh, housing and food and clothing and all those kind of things we, we need. But he's also going to add peace. He's also going to add love. He's also going to add calmness. All those things that we're searching for that so often plague us and drive us to seek the wrong things. The kingdom of God is literally the rule and reign of Christ in our lives. That's what it means. The rule and reign of Christ in our lives. So the kingdom of God starts like a small, like a little seed, and it grows as time goes by. I'm challenged by the thought of Brother Lawrence. He wrote the book Practicing the Presence of God. It's just a little book. But in that book, he set out for, I think it was 12 months, to see if he could be aware of the presence of God in his life Every moment of every day. And he'd fall off sometimes and have to get back on and start again. But as I thought about that, I thought, you know, that's really a mark of maturity in our faith. Is How often do we think, how often are we aware of God in our world each day? Can I ask you the question, as your day goes by, how often do you think about God? How often do you think about God's involvement in your world and what he's up to in your world and how he wants to work through you and in you and on you? Because I think the more mature we are in our faith, the more we have an awareness of that. You know, you come into a situation and you won't just, you'll stop and go, I wonder how God would feel about that. I wonder what Jesus' thoughts are on that right now. Just you've got an awareness that he's with you, that he's in you. I think that's a, a wonderful sign of a mature believer. It's, I find it interesting that Matthew 5 through 7 Jesus is teaching. He teaches the Beatitudes. And then he teaches all these different subjects. Salt and light, the law, anger, adultery, divorce, vows, revenge, loving your enemies, giving, praying, fasting, money and possessions, worry, not judging others. He talks about wisdom, throwing your pearls before pigs and all that kind of stuff, effective prayer. talks about the golden rule, which is... Do unto others as I do unto you, as you'd have them do to you. He talks about the narrow gate, the false prophet, true disciples, solid foundation. It's a massive um, chunk of Scripture where Jesus is just teaching, teaching, teaching. But the context that he writes, seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously, is when he's teaching about worry. So worry and anxiety are things that people often go straight to I've got to be careful because I don't want to minimize it. There is a time when sometimes we need help and sometimes we need medical intervention with things. And if that's where things are at, we need to do that. But often we turn straight to those things and ignore what God's telling us. Seek first the kingdom of God. Live righteously. And I'll sort these things out for you. Faith, trust, I think, is believing what God's promised and acting on his instructions. So we believe what he's promised, seek first, live righteously, and he'll come through. In a kingdom, the king speaks and makes the law, and then it's actually the king's responsibility to ensure that the resources and everything else are available to resource what he's asked. So if Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God, that's a command and live righteously that's the command and we do that the onus is then totally on God to make sure that we have everything we need supplied to us but we so often go for that as I said at the start putting all our energy into the everything and wondering why that doesn't work out where God has said quite clearly no no you do the front part I'll take care of the back part my testimony of my life is that I know God does this Now I wrestled with with God for a full year before I said yes to to church ministry, as we know it. And Jan will tell you, I wrestled for a year, and what I was wrestling primarily with was my dreams and my potential. Stuff I hadn't done, which I was hoping I might do, with my family and with Jan and in my lifetime, And I wrestled with that. It was like, well, Lord, if I do this for you here, I'm kissing all of those things goodbye. Remember, they're just potential at this point because I'm quite young, still quite young. Uh, Potential, according to Jan's message this morning, I'm quite young. Thank you. I I hear that. So so I'm wrestling with my potential, but I'm saying, God, if I do that, if I throw everything in there, these things aren't going to happen. Well, I learned a few things that year. Number one, I learned that if you wrestle with God, God wins. (laughs) And eventually, I came to the point where I could say without any strings attached and wholeheartedly, Lord, we choose you. I choose your way. Choose what you're asking. If I never see those things, I never see those things. I'm okay with that. Took me a little while to get there, a year. But I'm okay with that. But you know my testimony is? I've done everything I was concerned about giving up and more. My kids have experienced everything that I was concerned I wouldn't be able to help them experience and more. Missed out on nothing. And I don't even know how half of it's happened, but it has. And I just go, oh my goodness, Lord, you are totally faithful. Seek first the kingdom. I'm a bit of a, a trader and a, 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 I like dabbling in things, and from time to time, it, I sit down and I look through the classifieds and I think, I need to buy a business because I need something on the side for my retirement. I need to buy a business. And then as soon as I start to look, the Lord will remind me, Sheridan, you said to me, you wouldn't look at any of that stuff, that you would stay completely focused on what I've asked you to do. I go, oh, (laughs) done. That's right, I did. I have absolute confidence at my retirement, should I make it that far, is in the Lord's hands. Absolute confidence. Because I believe what he said. I give my life to his purposes, to his call, to his cause. He'll take care of the rest. I know it. I know it. I can stand on it firm. So I've got three things I want to leave with you tonight that I think um, to, to be con- kingdom-focused means... Number one, I think to be kingdom focused means that we give our all in pursuing Jesus and living in the Spirit. Give everything. It's not like he's out there and can't be found, but pursuing him, you know, walking with him. Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, yet he's my best friend. How's that work? That's amazing. That's, that's even better than rocking up and going, you know, I know the Queen. No, no, I know Jesus. He, he's the Queen's King. And I walk with Him. And He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Yet somehow in it all, He's my best friend. It's amazing. I know Him. I walk with Him. And I'm pursuing Him. And I'm pursuing living a life in the Spirit. I dare you to, on Tuesday, at work or school or wherever you are, at the start of the day, go, Holy Spirit, can you speak to me? Give me some instructions about today. Give me instructions about who I could talk to or how I could help someone today. See what he says to you. Number two, give our all to living righteously and embracing kingdom culture and ways. Don't settle for natural culture. The kingdom of God is an upside down kingdom. Well, actually, the kingdom of God is up the right way. This kingdom over here, the world's kingdom, is upside down. The kingdom of God works differently. Who would have thought that when I wanted to gain, I give? That doesn't make natural sense, but that's kingdom sense. Who would have thought that if you want a long, satisfying sex life, you get married? You don't need to shop round. Well, the natural culture says, no, no, you need to try before you buy. But God's culture says, no, no, you commit yourself to someone fully. You walk with them, you love them, you stay with them all the days of your life, and that's what works. We can go through example after example after example where natural culture, according to natural thought, may be logical. But it's not kingdom culture and kingdom thought. God does want something completely different. Natural culture, if I work my tail off, chasing everything, I'll get everything. Jesus says, no, no, seek first the kingdom. Live according to my ways, and you'll have everything you need and more and more. I think these things are good to to remember in our world. Thirdly is give our all to fulfill the call and role Jesus has for us. He, he He has a call on your life. He has a purpose. And a call, we spoke about call the other week. Here's a purpose, here's a call, here's a job. You're an ambassador of the kingdom. That's pretty cool. You're an ambassador. He, And that looks slightly different for all of us. But he's called you to that. Discover the call of God on your life. And give yourself to it. Go for it. There could be a prime minister sitting in here. Because God's called you to be a prime minister. There could be an awesome judge. There could be someone sitting in this room right now, and you just love cars. And God's calling you to be a mechanic. And you're going to be an awesome mechanic. And then that's going to blossom into you building a wonderful business. And you're going to employ a whole lot of people, and you're going to be an incredible blessing to them. I don't know what's the call look like on your life. Wrestle it out with God. Let me give you those three things again. Then I'm closing. Give our all in pursuing Jesus and living in the Spirit. Give our all living righteously and embracing kingdom, culture, and ways, not settling for natural culture. And give our all to fulfilling the call and the role that Jesus has for us. See, I'm absolutely convinced of this. You're called to flourish. You're designed to flourish. You're designed to live a big life. Because John 10.10 tells me that when we walk with Jesus and Jesus' desire for your life is a big life, an abundant life. It's only the devil that wants to stifle your life. Somehow we get it in our head that the devil wants us to have fun and Jesus wants us to have a small life. It's the complete opposite. The devil just wants to kill, steal and destroy you. And he'll trick you any way you can to get that result. But Jesus wants you to have a big life, a massive life. And he gives us instructions how to do that. He says, come on, seek me, live righteously. We'll have a big life. It'll be amazing. But you know, to have that life, we need to be walking with him. Jesus went to the cross. He died on the cross. The father rose him from the grave three days later. That whole process is a bit complex. But that whole process was about paying the price that was required to repair the relationship that had been broken, which stuffed up this world. So Jesus has paid that price. Now you and I can either receive the gift of God and live in the fullness of that promise, or not salvation the Bible tells us it says if you believe in your heart I'm sorry if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord you believe in your heart that the Father raised Him from the grave you will be saved saved means healed delivered it means the rejoining of that relationship walking with God it's an amazing thing doesn't mean life's going to be easy that would be a mistake to think that but it means we walk with Jesus. It means we walk with Jesus not only this world, but into all of eternity, which is really cool. It's amazing. You know, but so many people, it's like Jesus has paid that price. And all we've got to do is receive the the gift. It's like Jesus has deposited a million dollars in your bank account. and He's just waiting for you to withdraw it. But so many of us don't withdraw it. Well, it would be nuts, wouldn't it? If I put a million dollars in your bank account and you just left it sitting there, that would be crazy. But it's what like Jesus has done. He's done. He said, look, I've paid it all. I've made it all happen. All you've got to do is withdraw it. All you've got to do is say thank you. All you've got to do is step into relationship with me and it's yours. The alternative is that we just keep puddling along in our own strength, doing things our own way. And at some point... God will say, well, if that's the way you want to play it, that's okay, you can play it that way. But that has eternal ramifications as well. I want to encourage you tonight to say yes to Jesus. Go on the journey with Jesus. Allow His gift to be realized in your life. Now, if you're sitting there tonight and you're going, you've got nothing to lose. Nothing. And you've got everything to gain. All of eternity. Can I ask you to bow your heads for a moment? Because I want want you to feel like you're the only one in the room. It's just you and Jesus here. So I don't want you to think about the person on your left or your right. Just you and God. Have you said yes to Jesus? Are you walking in relationship with Him? Because the offer is right there. All you've got to do is say thank you. Jesus, I confess that you're the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that the Father raised you on the third day. I believe. Tonight, I believe some of us need to do that for the first time. There'll be others in the room for whatever reason. We've just kind of drifted away or whatever the case is. We don't need to worry about the whys. But there's others of us in the room tonight. We need to say again, Jesus, I choose you today. I receive your gift today. I go on the journey with you today. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if you're saying yes to Jesus tonight. If you're saying yes for the first time, or as I say, you may have said yes before, but today you just know your heart's throbbing and you can sense the Holy Spirit saying, come on, you need to respond to me. And in a minute, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if you're saying yes to Jesus. There's nothing in the hand except I want to celebrate with you. God knows exactly what's going on inside of you. Oh, but Sheridan, I'm in church. Isn't that good enough? No. One of my favorite thoughts is, just if I'm I'm swimming doesn't make me a fish. We need to say yes to Jesus. We need to accept the gift of salvation. If you know tonight you need to say yes to Jesus, can you give me a wave where you are? Just make sure you catch my eye. Thank you, I see your hand, that's awesome. Seen one person give me a wave so far. I believe there's five others in the room. You need to say yes. If you've been honest with yourself and with God, you know you need to say yes to Him tonight. Thank you, I see your hand, that's awesome. Wonderful. Thank you, see your hand, that's great. Wonderful, thank you, see your hand. Awesome, see your hand, thank you. Another one or two. I want. To, this is so important. I just want to wait for a minute. Thank you. I see your hand. That's awesome. Thank you. Wonderful. I think I've seen seven people give me a wave so far. You know, when one person gets right with God. Scripture tells us that the angels celebrate. Do you want to jump up on your feet and give Jesus a massive big cheer? Seven people saying yes to Jesus. Come on. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you and I celebrate each one of these people tonight. I celebrate you, Jesus, that you make it possible for us. How about we all pray together tonight? I'll pray. You pray after me. Thank you, Jesus. I give you my life. And I thank you that you've made it possible for me to be born again. Thank you for forgiving me. And making it possible to have relationship with you. Jesus, tonight I take hold of you. Yet I understand you've taken hold of me. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I give you my life. I give you my world. Amen. How about giving Jesus another cheer? Isn't that awesome? Fantastic. Wonderful. I want to do one other thing as we finish. If you're troubled with worry, if you're troubled with anxiety, if you're troubled with hopelessness, if you're troubled with fear, Can I be bold enough tonight to say that the root of those things is that we're seeking the everything rather than seeking first the kingdom of God. And if you're struggling with those things, I'd love to pray with you as we finish. In fact, can I ask you to bow your heads again? Just give me a quick wave if you're struggling. I want to know who I'm praying for. This is important. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. There's a whole bunch of us. Can we do an exchange right now? Let's exchange those things for kingdom. Let's exchange those things of the natural kingdom for the things that reside in God's kingdom where our citizenship is. So Father, we do that by faith tonight. Where there's worry, there's doubt, there's fear and anxiety, I break its power in Jesus' name. I command it to drop off every person that's struggling with it in the name of Jesus because fear, anxiety, hopelessness, anxi- we know where you come from. You're a ploy of the devil. And we call you for what you are. And tonight we exchange you for the kingdom and the king. And we take hold of hope, and we take hold of peace, and we take hold of mercy. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would rest these things on each person that's responded tonight. In Jesus' name, I release peace in the name of Jesus. I release hope in the name of Jesus. I release purpose in the name of Jesus. I release joy in the name of Jesus. And Father, tonight we give you thanks and we honor you that you are the King of Kings, you are the Lord of Lords, and everything is under your authority. And for your purpose, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Why don't we give Pastor Sheridan the hands? That was awesome.
1: Thank you very much, Pastor Sheridan. It was a great challenge and encouragement. I encourage you all, let's keep pursuing his kingdom every single day. Not just today,
0: every single day. Why do we give the people who gave their lives to Jesus another hand?
1: Best decision that they can ever make. Come on, that is amazing. Seven people. Were there seven people at North this morning as well, you said? And a bunch of kids. Come on. People accepting the gift of Jesus. Death's a life. It's amazing. Wow. That's so cool. Come on. And if you need prayer for anything, make sure you don't hesitate to come down to the front after the gathering because we have a prayer team available that would love to stand with you in prayer. Yeah. Um, but we just declare blessing and favor over each household represented here tonight. In Jesus' name. Come Amen. on. Amen. Should we go off with a song? Yeah. I think yeah. we should. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Let's praise. <laughs> I choose to walk with You with all my heart. All those trials may come, but Your will be done. You've already. Hello. There we go. Hey, everyone. Hey, if you gave your life to Jesus tonight, make sure you go to the back table over there where the host team are and grab a pack. We'd love to help you in your journey with God.